War Room the Hockey Podcast, episode 60 this week. Uh, 60? Yep. Holy. Ooh. 60. Uh, wow. This week we were talking um, n- the new information. We're talking uh, the ratified um, and officially confirmed um, information regarding return to play. Uh, we're going to touch on the CBA uh, amongst other things. Um, but I do want to, I do, <laughs> I did find this the other day. Um, that I do want to share. Did you ever hear the story um, when Jonathan Taves was a rookie? Um, Patrick Sharp pulled a prank on him when he was a rookie. I don't think so. Um, they were at a. They were in Buffalo. <laughs> they were at a team dinner. Okay, in Buffalo. This yeah. was Jonathan Taves' rookie year. Um, Taves um, got up and went to the bathroom. <laughs> and Patrick Sharp stole his phone. And changed Brent Seabrook's number in his phone to that of the phone number of a girl that Jonathan (laughs) Taves was seeing. Okay. Oh, no. And so when he got back, they started texting him from Brent Seabrook's phone. And it was coming in as the girl he was talking to. So he thought... Tell me this doesn't end the way I think it does. So... um, Ah. Let's see. I want to make sure I have this right. (laughs) So they, they texted him. Uh, uh, so they were texting him, and they sent him a message, and they say, hey, this is so-and-so, right? We don't know the girl's name. Yeah. Um, we need to talk. I think I might be pregnant. <laughs> so, and oh, all, the, all the guys at the table were in on it. Oh, no. All the guys. So everybody but Taves. This so um, Sharp is, is quoted as saying um, that... Jonathan didn't give it away like something was wrong or something was happening or that there was bad news. Um, but you could tell his mouth opened really wide and he slid away from the table and his face went completely white. <laughs> and the last quote that Sharp is, is said in regards to his story is, it was a good one. So, oh, that is beautiful. I had never heard that one. I hadn't either until I read it the other day, but that was found that kind of funny. So, hey, I got a question for you. Yes. Who's the happiest guy in National Hockey? Well, who's the happiest guy in all of hockey right now? The happiest guy in all of hockey? Yes. I mean, there's got a, there's a lot of guys that are collecting big checks and all that. You got to discount all that. Who's the the happiest guy who is yet to be paid a nickel? Who has game? yet to be paid? Oh, um, I don't know. I would say it's got to be Alexi Lafreniere because he just instantly went from some tire fire like Detroit. He could end up playing with Crosby and Malkin or McDavid or Taves and Kane or Matthews and Marner. I mean, like he just instantly went... to he, he could easily be on a contender next year in his first mm-hmm. year as the first overall pick. And usually those guys have to they they're in the sewer for the first five years until they get finally get a team built around them. Yep. I mean pending any like um draft day and it's weird to say draft day when the draft is going to be in November. But um pending any draft day trades it you're right pending any trades he'll he'll land on some team that maybe a year or two and they're back to contending so um so this this he's 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 a he i guarantee you he's sitting at home and professionally he won't say that he's thrilled right i'm just happy to get drafted in this oh, and this yeah. but he inside he's going oh boy inside he and his parents and his agent are all just licking their chops yep except with a flat salary cap now for the next two years, what do you do if you're Pittsburgh or Toronto or Edmonton or somebody who who happens to blunder into that pick? Now what do you do with him? You're like a dog chasing a car. Like, oh, great. We got the top guy to play with all of our other top guys. The only leeway they have is his entry level contract. Yeah. The only leeway they have is, is that they, they let it play out through the entirety of his ELC. Yeah. And then they go from there on roster decisions. Who's UFA, who's retiring, who's this, who's that. And then you, you you do it that way. But if you're basing it off of just strictly 
the caliber of player that that's in a, in that lineup. Absolutely. You got two years to fix your cap and sign the kid to his his second to his uh, restricted deal. Probably. I mean, you, you probably got three years coming off of ELC, but you've got a couple of years to to sort out to dump some salary so you can keep him fit in if he goes to one of those top teams or, or the cap the cap bumping teams. But sooner or later, uh, yes, you, at least the CBA still allows for you to sign a guy like him to the absolute minimum, the rookie minimum, and then just overload his contract with bonuses, which don't count on the cap. So he just gets bonuses for 20 goals, for 30 goals, for uh, making the all-star team, for above 500, for making two rounds of the playoffs. You just kill him with with bonuses and then you don't have to fiddle with it for a couple of years but that will that will present a challenge for him because he's instantly he's going to the show yeah well the return to play is a hockey fan's dream have you looked at the schedule yes i have it's a hockey fan's dream what is it three or six games a day yeah well the first in the in the play in i think it's six a day six a day and then all the way through rapid pace right into the Stanley cup final. And then right from there, three or four days, you're right into the the draft three or four days. You're right into free agency. Yeah. And then two weeks, you're right back into a makeshift training camp for the proposed plan. And obviously subject to change, but the proposed plan for the 2021 season to start December 1st. So it's like a hockey lover's dream right there. I'm a little disappointed because I got part-time work in the fall. (laughs) And if I'm seven hours a day. Well, plus the fire, plus the fire department, I'm, I'm missing playoff hockey. (laughs) So luckily, I'll tell you what happens. Well, luckily I've got, luckily (laughs) I've got the NHL package here so I can always get on my computer after, after a long day in, in, in bed or whatever and just watch a game yeah, or something like that. Tune but, up a game or at least highlights. So we but, got the, here's the, yeah, the, I agree with you. It's a dream come true. The draft, August 9, or October 9, 10. Yep. Uh, this is a draft. Uh, the top pick draw amongst the first, uh, amongst the play in flunk out, flunk outs. Uh, should we call it play in or should we call it flunk out? Like which, which is the better, friendlier term to you? Let's call it flunk out. So you get eight teams out that go into the lottery for the top pick. That's August 10. So this, the, the the latest news is top pick draw August 10. Are all of the flunk out teams going to be eliminated by August 10? That would be five games in 10 days. So if, if every series, all the flunk out. So that's, that's how many play in matchups. Best of five series Eight. by by August tenth. So, so every you're one looking, of those, yeah, that's a lot. Every of games. one of those eight, uh, every one of those eight series would have to be done. Even if they all went five games, they've got ten days to get them finished, yeah, which I guess two, is yeah. doable if they start the end of end of July first of August. Yeah, because I think I think um, July. Um, oh, qualifiers. Okay, never mind. August first. So yeah, nine days to for each play-in matchup to play their best of five series. So you, you know what you know what creatures of habit players are. Even at even at my advanced status, mm. guys. It, when I go to the rink, guys park in the same spot every day. Oh, yeah. They sit in the same spot every morning, every afternoon. They do everything exactly the same. Now, all of a sudden, you've got the entire league minus seven teams. You've got everybody playing in the same city with no fans. Some games starting at noon, some games starting at seven. Like that, it, as for routine, as for morning skate, take a nap, pregame meal, go to the rink get up and do it again tomorrow then get on the plane and fly to the to the uh, other team's building that's all out the window now i mean these guys are everybody's got to adjust to not having the same i mean this, the routine would really 
That's a that's going to be a curious one. I'm a, I want to hear what some of the guys have to say about the the changes in routine. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, so, it, it, but it'll, it'll be a fun time. Um, my own personal feelings with, um, new part-time work in the fall aside, cause I, I'm going to, I'm going to miss some I thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to miss tremendous. I mean, obviously a, a child on the way, you got to make some money, but well, so miss some, well, miss yeah, some you've got to make money, but with the, with the, uh, with the pending child on the way, where does that fit into the uh, playoff schedule? Are we going to be done with it? Do you think we're going to be done with the... They're planning on having the C, the cup playoffs over with by when? Oh, I just looked at the... Let's see. Um, second round of conference final, Stanley Cup final. Uh, last day, last possible day of the Stanley Cup final, October 4th. Oh, so you're laughing. So you, unless you're, you're going to be... my baby's early. the baby's <laughs> early. So you've got from from Canadian Thanksgiving until the 1st of December. You have the baby. Excellent planning. Great job there. You got to do what you got to do. You got to applaud that. And, uh, and then the playoffs start, and that will give you something to do through the wintertime. It will. <laughs> the problem is, though, my part-time work goes from August to October. Yep. So that is literally the playoffs. I know. So, <laughs> so I don't know. You may have to start calling in sick. Maybe. Hey, speaking of calling in sick... Travis Hamannick. Hamannick has opted out. He's the only one I've heard of, though. And the dead, the deadline. I'm not saying that there aren't others that haven't been announced, yeah. but the deadline was July seventh. If you, if you if you don't if if you don't tell your team by July seventh, right. I think you can still opt out. But then there's consequences to the to the organization. July seventh is the deadline to opt out of the return to play without any consequences. And well, we're a few days past that now. But. Yeah. Uh, so it, he, if you remember when he was in Long Island and he wanted, he requested a trade. He did it very, very professionally. Great kid, by the way, and, and, a, and an excellent player. And ironically, you brought up uh, Brent Seabrook earlier because he reminds me very much of Brent Seabrook. Great guy, the kind of uh, two, three defenseman that every single team needs. He does everything, and he does everything really well. Love to have this kid on my team. He's a great player. But he wanted out of Long Island, and he said it was for family reasons. And he's from the West. He's from Manitoba. So he wanted to play in the West, which you can't blame him for. Uh, and now he's just citing family reasons again, but um, they've got... I guess it, he talked about it being generally because of his kids. And all he's opted out of so far is the um, the play-in round. You can't, you're not allowed to play once you opt out. Oh, so that's, Any if play you opt out, out, you're done. You're done. So if Calgary wins Ouch. in their play-in matchup, Hamannick, it doesn't matter. Hamannick is done. Whoa. He's, okay. He's not, he can't play th- in oh any, yeah! In okay. any round, remainder, remainder um, of the playoffs for the remainder of the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, um, you're right. So obviously, that's Ouch. not going to affect Calgary wanting to push to try and win. But no. but um, you're doing it without Hamannick for any any playoff round you win, any game you compete in. So you're doing it without Hamannick, wow. and he's the only one I've heard of. Um, I don't know um, if the lack of information about any other player is a delay and a wait to announce it. Or if we just, if Hamnick seems to be the only one, but he's the only one announced so far. Um, but yes, once you're out, once you opt out, you're done. You're done for the, for the playoffs. You're yeah. done until okay, next, I see next that. season. Yep. So absolutely right. Okay. Oh. Well, that just puts, uh, that puts Mike Stone in a, in a daily role. Um, Oliver Killing, I guess it's pronounced Shillington with a K. Uh, so these guys are they're they're going to be down a bit on defense, but Geo is healthy. Hannafin, Brody, Derek Forbert, Gustafson, they're going to be they're okay, but you don't replace Hannick. No, you don't. Um, with that in mind, um, CBA was ratified four more years. Um, touch on this for a few minutes. Uh, f- Four more year, which also sees the NHL returning to the Olympics in 2022 and 2026. Hmm. Okay. Um, Justin Williams says here, uh, it's good for the fans. It's good for TV. 
um, and it's good for the players. It's good for everybody, uh, Justin Williams said. Uh, so we're obviously excited. It's awesome that they were able to do it. Um, I don't think a normal CBA negotiation goes this quickly, but both parties wanted it done, and they got it done. Um, training camps can open in teams' local markets on Monday, which is the start of Phase 3. Right, um, okay. That's the 20- Monday the 13th of July, yeah. which will be the gone tw- by... When, do you, when will this drop? When will this episode drop? Mm, Wednesday. Wednesday. Next, okay. next so it would be just into the opening of camp when yeah. we drop. Yeah. Uh, Training camps can open in the team's local markets on Monday, which is this the 13th this coming Monday, which is start of Phase 3. 24 teams participating in the return to play will travel July 26th to the hub cities. Um, 12 Eastern Conference teams to Toronto, 12 Western Conference teams to Edmonton, Edmonton. Uh, where they will begin play August 1st with the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which is Phase 4. Edmonton will be the host, it is confirmed, of the Stanley Cup final and the Stanley Cup, um, which unfortunately for Toronto, that blows their chances to to have the cup in their city, for, which may be their only chance to even see it. So I don't think anybody will mind if they have to fly from Edmonton back to Toronto. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. Hey, uh, I, got, I got a question for yeah. you with all regard to all that, because I haven't looked yet. What is... Uh, what happens, like, what's the, what's the fail-safe plan if they start picking up guys that are positive? Is there a limit to how many positive tests there could be on a team or in a city before they would have to cut back or shut down the, the planned playoff schedule? Or is there any, uh, you know, is there any contingency for guys who start testing positive? And when they do, if they do, what do you do about it? Is he done for good or is he done for a certain number of days or um, how are they handling that? Have you seen? I have not seen. I'm reading through the CBA announcement right now. So as I read through it, if it says it, I'll say it. But um, I do know that teams are allowed to expand to 28. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, 28 players ab- above 23, and that's not including black aces. So 28 active roster players okay and then black aces um which i would assume is part of maybe that contingency plan to have those extra guys just in case for sure um, yeah but I'll, I'll read through this i want to touch on it cba uh that is important um but if if they say it then obviously i'll i'll um answer that question um play will resume with 16 teams paired um eight best of five series we've touched on that round robin among the top four teams in a in points percentage in each conference to determine seeding. Uh, advancing teams will remain in Toronto and Edmonton for the first two rounds of the playoffs. Right. So you are away from family for that for that length of time. Um, Edmonton will be the site of the uh, the East, Eastern Conference Final, Western Conference Final, and Stanley Cup Final. So Toronto, so they move to Edmonton, even the Eastern teams come finals time. Right. Conference Finals, conference and, finals. and Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, makes um, sense. The conference finals are ten- tentatively set to begin September 8th. Cup final is scheduled to begin September 22nd um, and will end no later than October 4th is their um, schedule, is their plan. Okay. Um, October 4th, and then the draft is the 10th. 2020 NHL draft, 9th and 10th. Yeah. Um, okay. Eight. Each of the eight teams eliminated from the qualifiers, like you touched on a few minutes ago, will have an equal chance at the number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft in the second phase of the draft lottery. Uh, that drawing will be held August 10th. Uh, and again, draft scheduled for ninth, the August 9th or October 9th and 10th. Uh, free agency period uh, this offseason will begin after the draft and Stanley Cup final are completed. Um, Bradtree Living, uh, quote, is quoted as saying, it's a great day that everything has been finalized. Uh, to me, the league and the Players Association deserves a tremendous amount of credit uh, to do it that quickly. Yeah. Um, well, or, just on a on a related note, good on the, on the PA and the league for putting everything aside here and getting it done. Yep. I th- and I think there was a whole lot of financial pressure put on everybody to make this happen, which is... Which is including good escrow, right? Which, um, which escrow. is they talk about here, which I'll touch on. Okay. Um, let's see. Quote: We're all living in this environment and know how to, difficult it is, and to get a return to play plan and to get a CBA done during a pandemic, it's unbelievable. Uh, the ability to find common ground, like you said, uh, I think Gary uh, and Bill Daly and the league and the NHLPA deserve a lot of credit. 
uh, you're talking about two monumental tasks and they did it at a time when things changed from Monday to Tuesday. So, um, yep. A lot of credit to everybody. Uh, CBA extension ensures labor peace for the NHL teams and players for six seasons following this one. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. So, which means they had two years left on their current one and they extended it for, so six years after this one, um, that will enable the league and union to start to chart long-term plans for an international calendar and events, including Winter Olympics, All-Star, All-Star Games, NHL Winter Classic, and NHL Stadium Series. Uh, the existing CBA ratified in 2013 was scheduled to expire in 2022. Uh, with this extension, it will expire in 2026. Um, okay, here we go. Highlights of the agreement. Um, NHL salary cap will remain at $81.5 million for the 2021 season. Uh, with provisions for it to increase incre- um, incrementally. Incrementally. Yes, incrementally, sorry. In the following seasons, if hockey-related revenue reaches certain thresholds. Okay. Um, escrow, the percentage withheld from player salaries and placed in account used to calculate a 50-50 split of hockey-related, reven- hockey-related revenue will be capped at 20% for the 2021 season. Um, 14 to 18% in 21-22 um, 10% in 2223, 6% in 2324, 2425, and 2526. Wow. They, so that's the, the, it goes down to six for the last, what'd you say, three years? Three years, yeah. Okay. That's a big deal. Escrow has been a real major sticking point for the players. For yeah. them. The PA has been unhappy with that. And in a way, I understand it, but there's got to be, it's just there for everybody's protection. Yep. A year will automatically be added to the CBA mm-hmm. through 26-27, through the 26-27 season, automatically added, and expiring September 16th, 2027. If after the 24-25 season, the player's escrow debt exceeds $125 million, but is less than $250 million. So that's where the extra that's year will be added if it's if right. those numbers add up. Uh, NHL players will return to the Olympic competition in 2022 Beijing uh, and 2026 Milano. Um, pending agreements being reached with the International Ice Hockey Federation and International Olympic Committee. Where's Milano? I would assume it sounds Italian. Hmm. I can I can look it up here. But no, no um, NHL players did not participate in the 18 Pyeongchang Olympics after competing in Winter Games pretty much every yeah, every what, year since, or since or 98. Yeah. Um, players will defer 10% of their salaries for the, 20, for the 2021 season. That will be paid out in equal installments over three seasons, beginning in twenty two twenty three. That's a that's an excellent compromise. I mean, it's pro- I'm surprised it's only ten percent, but that really helps the teams survive having no television re- or having no gate revenue mm-hmm. for an entire month, and uh, at the end of the season and for the entire playoffs. Yep. That is a monstrous amount of money, as we talked about a few shows ago. Absolutely. The playoff bonus will pool du- uh, the playoff bonus pool will double this season from sixteen million to thirty two million. Uh, the compensation to each player will increase each round. The, the playoff bonus used to be a big thing. Yep. I mean it was a really big thing uh, twenty five or thirty years ago. It's a rounding error now when you're making eight or ten million dollars. It's just it's postage stamps. The NHL so, minimum salary is increasing from seven hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand uh, in twenty one twenty two and twenty two twenty three, and it's moving up to seven 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 hundred seventy five thousand in twenty three twenty four, twenty four twenty five and twenty five twenty six. You know why that's a good deal? Because a rookie who comes in getting paid the league minimum. I don't, and what's does it say what the rookie minimum is, or is that the same thing? Maximum entry level salary here uh, okay. will increase from nine hundred twenty five for two thousand nineteen, um, twenty twenty, and twenty twenty one NHL draft picks to nine hundred fifty thousand um, yeah, for so twenty two and twenty three. That's the maximum ELC. Yeah. Does it say what the minimum is? I would assume seven fifty or whatever. That's okay. the minimum salary. But so um, here's a here's what happens to kids that jump into the show. On their ELC, they're making four fifty. They probably spend a hundred grand on plane tickets and and game tickets for all their family and friends and relatives whenever they whenever they get close to home. And then on top of that, the team just makes them buy dinner about every fourth night. They're up spending. 15 grand on taking the guys all out to dinner. 
somehow they magically lose the uh, credit card in the hat lottery every night. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end at the end of it all, you know, we're practically playing for free, making seven hundred grand. Anyway, um. I I exaggerate to illustrate a point. So. I got some uh, I got some news here. Yeah, requir- that kind of covers all the CBA so. regarding the the COVID situation. Yep. The, uh, the Kung flu. We've got um, the testing will be. Uh, they're going to test every forty eight hours. They'll be tested forty eight hours prior to the start, and then every other day. So when a, if a guy tests positive, he needs to be isolated. Uh, until he is 24 hours of symptom-free and in isolation with no symptoms uh, for, I believe it's 72 hours, and then he can actually return to play. So that two-week quarantine thing has been cut down to a practical number for this, which is good because, you know, you get into getting to game four or five and a guy tests positive, I mean, he's maybe likely gone for the remainder of that series, but if that happens to be, if your name happens to be Crosby or McDavid or something, then you can pretty much chalk that off. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. And then 30, 31 players allowed um, 52 total with um, staff and, and uh, team officials. Um, yeah, it's it, pretty straightforward stuff, but it's good to know that a guy isn't, a, a guy isn't ineligible for the remainder of the playoffs if he tests positive. Because that, that would be a kick in the yeah, head. The only way you're ineligible is if you opt out to play all, right. altogether. Then you're then you're done like Hamnick. Um, and so far, I took zero in the over-under when we were talking about guys who would opt out. I didn't think anybody would. But in his case, he's got, uh, I know he's got one small child, and I think another one on the way, or maybe two. I don't know if his second child has been born yet. But he's um, he's concerned about them. I guess they've had some health problems yep. in his house, so can't blame him there. No, no, you can't. And so it's um, again, I I didn't think it would be a high number, but um, but I also knew that it would at least be there be some. There's somebody. So yeah. um, and it, it, you know, it's I think it's I don't think any player. And we will never know this for sure, but no player would opt out of playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs with his with his teammates and with a shot at it, no matter what how reasonable that shot is. Nobody would do that, except for the sake of their family. On his own, I don't think Travis Hamnick has any concerns over his own health. If, if you're if you're young, Probably in not, shape, no. you're not going to get this stupid thing and have a problem with it. Nobody nobody does. So that's not the issue. It's only where the health of his immediate family is concerned. And so for that reason, you can't, you can't really blame him. Uh, I hate to see him go because he's a whale of a player, a great kid, always been a fan of this guy, but uh, wish him the best. And Flames are going to miss him for sure. I just, I honestly can't get over how good a hockey it'll be um, with everybody healthy. Oh, it, know, for, with everybody healthy, unlike other years, because yes. you're you're looking at n- no banged up players. You're looking at this. Everybody's coming in, raring to go. So it's going to be. Um, I just hope I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. Thought it since they shut the season down a couple of months ago, and all I can think about is for once we're going in. Everybody's goaltender is rested. Everybody's players are healthy. Everybody's starting from the exact same spot. There's no excuses for being banged up. There's no, uh, there's no asterisk beside somebody for you know having four of their top six defensemen out of the lineup. So, right off, uh, right before we went on on camera, what we were talking about, uh, and I don't want to I don't want to veer completely off track here, but just with, with regard to return to play, we gotta we gotta talk to some of the local guys about what's happening with what's happening with junior hockey what's happening with minor yep. hockey i mean are guys going to go back to camp are we getting are we getting back in the what are you doing if you are bantam draft eligible or if you've been taken in the bantam draft or if you're 16 and you're going to try to go make your junior team or 17 
-hmm. What happens if you're 18 and you're draft eligible and your season is either shortened and no more? What about the coaching staffs? What about the budgets? These are guys that, you know, as we always talked about the business side of the game, junior hockey doesn't make money for very many people. What are they, how are they surviving? How are minor hockey players developing and getting into their potential junior careers or their college careers? We gotta we gotta do some research in the next couple of weeks about what guys are doing with that because no, no. that's a that's Agreed. a big deal. Yep. Um, real quick, I just curious question. Um, not to put too much bias into it, but <laughs> come on, bias is what we do best. It is. Um, I was looking at it, and I part of me thinks I'm biased, but also part of me objectively looks at the return to play roster for Colorado. <laughs> okay. And I honestly wonder if anybody is as deep as them no. with everybody healthy. No. Because here, here's your return to play lineup. If everything goes according to plan, okay? Landis, Scog, McKinnon, Rantanen with Graves and Makar. Yep. Okay. You then have um, Burkowski, Kadri, and Nichushkin with Gerard and Johnson. You then have Calvert. Jost, Nemesnikov, with Cole and Zadorov. And then you have Comfer, Donskoy, and Wilson. Man. Okay. Yep. With um, Barbario as your seventh defenseman. And Connaughton. Uh, right. Is Connaughton still in I don't think so. No. No? Will, um, will they have... Uh, they said they were going to have Timmons on the roster. They might. Uh, but no news yet on whether he'll be there. But... Um, with Barbario as your seventh defenseman, maybe add in Timmons. You have Byram as a black ace. Right. You oh, have. Um, they've also added. They've also added here, as part of the expanded roster. Let me scroll up here to the. They've added. They also have Pierre Edward Bellamar. Right. That they can slot in. Very um, very useful guy. And they've added. Um, okay, they do have Connor Timmons. So Timmons is okay. there. Um, they've added. Kout. They have Nieto if they need him. They've they've added Shane Bowers, who will be who will be there, who will be on the roster. Um, yeah, Kout, Bowers. Then you have Timmons, and you have uh, your and third goal, third goaltender is Michael Hutchinson. Uh, oh, is it Hutchinson? Yeah, I thought it was Hunter Miska. Miska and Werner are there, but I would assume they're probably um, part of the Black Ace squad. Okay. Um, Unlimited number of goaltenders on your roster yep. for the playoffs. That's one thing that they opened up this year. You can carry as many goaltenders as you want. Which, that's probably where you see Werner and Miska then. Yeah. Is, um, but no, to answer your question, no, I don't think anybody is as deep. There, there are maybe guys, maybe teams out there that have equal talent overall but the depth no and and Belmar's a, a perfect example he's a guy that would that he would play on the probably on the fourth line of any team in the NHL right now and I don't know if he'll be in the lineup every night with Colorado yep. they're but just deep as can be Cout and, and Bowers I don't see getting much ice time probably not um, at all same with um, Byram uh, Timmons probably not either um, if everybody stays healthy and, and plays well um, but They've at least got those guys, those guys up. So um, now I'll tell you, they they're they are just as deep as anybody can possibly be. They they probably maybe only the St. Louis Blues have similar depth uh, as far as experience and and serviceability is concerned. Um, an avalanche source has said that uh, Byram will join the team as a black ace, um, but they. Um, Byram will not play no matter what. Oh, okay. Um, so because the Avs want to keep his ELC fully intact, they're not going to start his. Well, they don't, they wouldn't start his season anyway, would they? Would the ELC if it, the entry entry level deal wouldn't start now? I'd have to. We'd have to find the. We'd the have to do the research the on it, but I would assume based on the quote by this by by this based on the source that they're that it might start. So they just, they're having him as a black ace to have him there, but they're not going to give him any time because the second he gets in a game, 
you start burning some of that. And um, so he's there in case you need him. So all of a sudden, if two or three defensemen go down, now you've got Timmons and Barbario to step in and then Paul Byram to be your seventh guy. But um, but you're likely, if everybody stays intact, you're likely to see Byram you know, at camp. You're likely to see Byram around, but you're not he's not going to get in the lineup. So, well, interesting, I, interesting fact, but I agree with you about the depth there. I'll just tell you that looking down the, the blues roster. And again, I'll tell you again, the, the cup winners coming out of the West, but you've got O'Reilly, Steen, Schwartz, Shen, Bozak, Dave Perron, Sunquist, Zach Sanford, Barbashev, Jordan Cairo, Sammy Blay, Robert Thomas, Troy Brower, who probably won't be able to get out of the press box, and they're getting Tarasenko back. On defense, Petrangelo, Pareko, Justin Falk, Scandella, Carl Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo, and Vince Dunn. Bennington and Jake Allen, holy smokes. Like, what? Where and then and on defense, waiting around, they'll be they'll be lurking around the black aces. Is uh, Derek Pouliot, Jake Dotchin, uh, Jake Wallman? They've got some guys that could. Joey Lalege is there. I mean, they've got they got players. This is a whew, the West is going to be fun. It is um, the West is going to be fun. I mean, no, don't no, get me wrong. Everybody's going to everybody in the East is going to be playing for the chance to get swept by somebody out west, but. Ooh, and there, th- the rumors are that the landing spot in free agency for Hall and Petrangelo is Colorado. Could be Colorado. That's scary. That is just scary stuff. They've got the cap space for they right do, now. But uh, and, I'd, and I'd have to do off recording because uh, I don't want to do too much of it now. But I'd have to do um, contract research uh, for some of their guys. Uh, just uh, just because just because. Um, I know, I know. Foot speed is a big thing for you, um, but um, you really can't, in my opinion, as good as Petrangelo is. You can't really justify, especially with the depth that Colorado has, bringing in a Petrangelo, and all of a sudden that bumps out. And I know foot speed is big for a guy like you, but no, it but all of a sudden bumps out an Ian Cole or it bumps out, you know, this and that. Yeah. And no, I, I so I got you. I, but it, so it for also, me, it's just hard to justify that, justify that a little I bit. I haven't heard what, what Petrangelo might be asking. I, I don't know what his ask might be or what kind of term he's looking for. You know Joe Sackick. You know he's not going to break the bank. You know he's not going to extend a guy into his late thirties and at a high AAV. So, if Petrangelo, I, th- I think his first choice is going to be to stay in St. Louis because that's a really good team and he's really happy there and he's the captain of that team. If they make him a decent offer, he'll he won't go anywhere. But if not, you certainly you couldn't blame, especially, I would say, uh, Hall is an odds-on favorite to go to a place like Colorado because he, he's tired of floundering around. Petrangelo's got his cup. Not that he's just going to go to sleep now, but he's less likely to move. But they, at the same time, um, the Avalanche have some, some guys that they're going to, you know, they're going to be able to shed not a lot of money because they're not paying anybody all that much. So the good news is they don't have they don't have a lot of big payrolls out there. But the bad news is you can dump four or five guys, but they're all making a million three. So he's not going to make up for a Petrangelo. Yeah. So. But if you if you end up without Zadorov uh, in next year as an RFA, Barbario. Kevin Connaughton, you can you can drop some of those guys. You're going to have to pay Ryan Graves. He's going to cost you. You're going to have to pay Kale McCarr. Yep, so, those are your two guys right now on the back end that you have to pay. Yep. Zadorov, I like. He's kind of coming into his own, but he's also an odd guy out on, in terms of depth where you could argue that, you know. Um, now, again, that also depends on where Ian Cole sits contract-wise and things. But um, Cole's Zador- got one year left. At four and a quarter. Okay. So um, I see Cole staying throughout that contract just as a leader and things with McCarr and Byram and guys like that coming in. Um, 
Zadorov being maybe being an odd man out in that regard, uh, just because it came close in his last contract negotiation as to whether he would resign because of what he was asking. Um, so if you get to the end of this contract, which, if I remember correctly, was kind of a bridge deal for Zadorov last time, yeah, is he, he now going to demand from you a a larger number that you just can't justify while also paying Makar and Gerard and all that stuff. So to me, he's the odd one out. Um, but their defense looks like this. Eric Johnson's not going anywhere for right now. He's under contract until 23, 24 at 6 million. And he's, he's only 32. So, and he's perfectly serviceable. He's not your number one guy necessarily, but he's solid. At least not anymore. No, he was your big body. Number one, um, as recent as last year, but he's the, not anymore. Makar, Graves, Gerard, Timmons, and Byram. Those those five guys right there, plus Eric Johnson, that's your future. That's your defense. And so they've got Byram and Timmons on ELCs. And they, they haven't got, burned any of their ELC yet. They haven't started them. They've got Gerard or have, at or five. Or have they? Because Tim, how does he... Remind me how ELC works. I should know this um, with guys in the AHL because Timmons has been playing in Loveland. Yeah, and and unless they unless they got a year of relief with him on LTIR, which I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'd have to look at his contract and see. But t- uh, Byram, at least you haven't burned ELC yet. So Byram's a freebie for the next couple of years. Uh, you're going to have to pay Graves next season. You're going to have to pay McCarr. Well, you got you got another year with McCarr, but then he's going to cost yeah. you. Graves Graves shouldn't cost you a whole lot, though. He's played well, but I don't see him costing eight or nine million. I see no, him. No, no. I see him no, being. He's a, a four and a half million dollar guy. He has for maybe a five million dollar guy. Yeah, but I tell you what, what Barbario, Zadorov, and Cole are, they're sevens and eights, or they're conditional draft picks. Yep. One or the other, because they're, you know, with the left shots, they're, they're going to be behind the kids. And this is, you know, this, this defense is just, wow. You got to be drooling if you're, if you're Jared Bednar. Yep. Anyway, good point on that. But yeah, so um, a little deeper than your Leafs, I think they're just. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what did they have last year when, um. When we had, let's see, there was a there was a point at which Riley was out. Uh, who else? Hey, Cody Cece was out. Jake Muzzin was out. Barry missed a few games, so they're playing with Callie Rosen, Justin Hall, Rasmus Sandin, Travis Dermott. I mean, their their entire six defensemen the last couple of weeks of, that the season was underway. All six of them put together had like 150 games of experience in the show. It was pathetic. So that that's that's one thing that's helped a lot. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. So it, interesting, interesting time. Uh, CBA ratified four-year extension, six year, more years after this year, with the potential for an added-on year depending on escrow money and percentages. Um, Good return to the around. Olympics, yep. um, return to play has been officially been agree- agreed upon. So pending, no matter our, no matter your individual personal viewpoints on the COVID situation, <laughs> in general, pending any catastrophic like the entire return to play starts testing positive type thing. Yeah. It's safe to say that fans or no fans, we are going to see playoff hockey here. Uh, I won't. I. I will be working, but you do have to, you, you will see return to play playoff hockey in a Stanley cup, um, pending anything catastrophic with those things finalized, which is exciting. Um, Very. however, and this is what we can touch on this. I want to touch on this next week when we, um, when we do another developmental episode, um, First, I want to touch next week on the comparisons between junior hockey and NCAA. Okay. Um, with NCAA growing and really being a viable option now for um, grown for young men, right, to still be able to to reach the show, um, I'd like to do a comparison. But in that, I'd also like to uh, touch on what junior hockey looks like going into next season, based on the fan situation, right. 
um, because I, I say this and I'm going to predict that you're either going to see a delayed start or you're going to, or you're going to see a completely nullified year if fans aren't allowed to be there just simply because unlike the NHL and we just read, they've got contingencies in place for deferred salaries and percentages to rectify no fans and no gate revenue. Junior hockey doesn't have that. No. Junior hockey relies, per, you could argue, solely on gate revenue. Yeah. So if fans aren't allowed, even at half capacity, social distanced, if fans are not, if any fans are not allowed, I don't see junior hockey, and quite frankly, I don't even see NCAA hockey going. Simply because NCAA, the same way, they are driven, maybe not revenue-wise the same way as junior, but they are driven by their student sections. They're oh, driven by these things. That's their atmosphere. That's their... Look, so he, I, he, Here's... The last I knew, junior A hockey, most places, because of travel and all, all the other circumstances and equipment costs and billet costs, a junior A team will have, as of today, might have, let's say, a budget, an annual budget of a million five. That's what it costs you to put that team on the ice, to, to bust them around the league all year, uh, put equipment and, and billeting together for them. Let's say a million five, including the coaching staffs and all that. In major junior, you're probably talking more between a four and five million dollar budget now. So those those budgets are covered 90% by gate. It might not all be ticket sales, but I'm not going to put a board ad up if nobody's sitting there. Yep. I mean, it, it, then it's just charity. So if you're, and you, you, gate revenue drives parking, it drives beer and hot dogs, and everything you do is driven by the gate in junior hockey. So those guys, you cannot expect those owners, many of which are still community-owned teams. There's a lot of teams that are still community-owned, even in the in the CHL. So that being the case, you can't expect the community to pony up in junior A a million and a half to keep a team afloat with no fans yep. or four or five million dollars in the CHL with no fans. It's impossible. What are those kids going to do? What does that do to careers? If this thing, if this Kung flu thing continues, what what happens to these kids that are between the ages of 16 and 22 right now whose junior career minor hockey your, your midget career my uh junior ncaa might all be gone so you're draft eligible but you're not playing yeah. so it's a mess so, so next anyway, next week next week we'll record for Delve developmental hockey uh the comparison between ncaa and junior whether that's and that's junior altogether junior a to major junior all of it uh the comparison there as well as uh, discussion on how we see the 2021 season coming together yep. with the fan situation. Uh, so what we have that to look forward to. If you're listening to this, um, if you're listening to this right now, um, that means we are now two days into a day or two into the return to play training camps. camps. Yep. Um, so we'll, uh, so that'll be. So this episode will be dropping that week, and then the following week we'll put out an episode kind of encompassing the training camp up to that point. Very so good. Uh, things to look forward to. Um, again, before anything, make sure I want uh, head to Instagram, head to Facebook, uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's Warham the Hockey Podcast and at Warham the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Make sure you like and you follow us there. Engage with us. Uh, make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you um, subscribe, you rate, and you review, um, and share. Uh, engage with us and, and share with family and friends. Um, our listeners are the driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for continuing to tune in. Um, yeah. So thank. Um, before we close out, though, I, I am pulling up real quick, real quick, because I completely spaced. Uh, forgive me if um, if you're listening, um, but John Leahy had a question. Oh. Um, Is it about our return to drink program? <laughs> no. We're, we're very concerned about the future of beer. We need to. Everybody needs to get out and support your local brewers. Um, and because we're closing out here, I want to pose this question, and then we'll ponder it uh, till. We sit down to record it again. 
uh, so we can touch on this in our next recording in more depth. I don't know if I like giving thought to an answer. Me, I, me either, but we'll, we'll ponder it. Put, we'll put more thought into it and I'm answer more it. More of a Tourette's syndrome kind of guy. Yes. Put more de- uh, thought into it and answer it next time we record. But it's, okay. I'll just put it out there um, uh, so you're aware. Uh, he asked, when it comes to the draft, do teams tend to draft the best player available or one that fills a need? Excellent question. So... Uh, I've got it here in my, in my messages. I can remind us next week of the question, and Perfect. we can touch on it. But that's the question he asked. So, Outstanding. Uh, Outstanding. So, John, look for that to be answered in the next week or two in another episode. Are you wanting, before we close out, because you mentioned it before, are you wanting trivia? No. No. It depends. Are you going to leaf through them and find something that I can't possibly answer? before? Okay. You should know this one. <laughs> Patrick Waugh would superstitiously do what to his goalposts during he, games? He talked to his goalposts, especially when he was younger, he did. Yeah. I don't know if he did throughout his career, but when he was a kid, he used to talk to his goalposts. I always wondered if, they, if, if a goalpost, if you got to order the ones that speak French, because until he was like 25 years old, he spoke almost no English at all. So maybe he had to get special French goalposts when he was in junior. Maybe. So anyways, uh, again, necessary social media platforms. Engage with us like uh, good friend John Leahy. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. uh, You rate and review. You share. um, Help us grow. We greatly appreciate your support uh, and continuing to tune in uh, because our listeners are the driving force behind what we do. Thank you for joining in studio again. Love it. Anytime. I'm, I'm Evan Rauer with War Room, the hockey podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.